Hey everyone, it's Bryce and Amanda. If you're hearing this, then you're listening to one of our early episodes. The early episodes feature Brie, who has since stepped away from Hell on Hills podcast to focus on her career. Don't worry though, Brie has agreed to guest star on some of our Patreon episodes, so if you want more Brie content, head over to our Patreon. You can listen to the first 31 episodes, and then you can listen to them again and again and again. After that, you're stuck with me and Bryce. Forever and ever. And ever. Just me and Amanda. But, I mean, the nonsense is here to stay. If anything, there's probably more nonsense. We know you're here for the nonsense. Until then, enjoy your Brie content. Bye. Bye. We consider this a PG-13 podcast as we do use profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. We are excited to be starting this podcast. Each week we'll be talking about a true crime story and a paranormal story. Each week we will be rotating who tells what story. A little bit about Brie, Amanda, and myself. We all actually met online and have not yet met in person because we are all from different states. A little bit about myself. I'm Bryce. I live in Utah. I have four fur babies, two dogs, two cats, and I'm really excited to be starting this podcast so I can stop hounding my husband about starting one with me. I love paranormal stories and anything spooky. Who was second on Nose Ghost? Oh, I think that was me. (laughs) Uh, My name's Amanda, and I'm originally from the bottom of Alabama. I live in Arkansas now, and I'm an animal control officer. I have two dogs, a cat, and a snake. I live off a Taco Bell, and having people other than my husband to talk about this shit with probably saved my marriage. My name is Brianna. I'm originally from Texas. I live in Arkansas. I'm currently a student at the University of Arkansas studying communication. I'm in my final semester of school, and I have a cat named Simba who I swear acts like a dog. I'm also so glad that I can finally have some girls to chat about this stuff with so that I'm not hounding my boyfriends on it. Yeah, girl power. (laughs) Girls and murder. Girls and murder, yes. Well, how have you guys been? This is like the only time we talk each week, so I don't get updates otherwise. I've been pretty good. Just applied to my first three jobs. So I'm just kind of looking online for marketing communication jobs and going from there. Um, How have y'all been? I'm good. Just busy at work and whatever other bullshit I've got going on and house renovations and hell, I don't even know what's going on in my life. (laughs) What about you, Amanda? I'm good. I've mainly, I've been sleeping a lot lately, very tired. And for the first time today, I got out of the shower and 
could not put my pants on. So I had to get names to bring me a new pair of pants that I could actually fit into. You might want to make sure everyone knows why that is, Amanda. Oh, because there's a child inside of me. (laughs) (laughs) But I have You're going to leave them hanging. They're not going to understand why the hell you don't fit into your pants. I'm like, I have like six weeks and two days uh, left. So I'm not fucking buying maternity clothes for the last, what, month and a half. I refuse. I just get stretchier pants. That's what leggings are for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I wear most of the time is leggings. Luckily, I can still fit in my work pants. So that's good. So I'm not buying anything new. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. <laughs> okay, are you guys ready to jump in? Yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm really excited. excited about my story. Uh, it's kind of there's like a really short story with it and then like the main story. So you guys buckle up and I chose the story because Amanda, you said something a couple weeks ago about not liking dolls. And here we go. Oh fuck. So I'm going to be talking. So the first story I want to highlight is about Olga Shardmova. And the second story is Anatoly Moskvin. Have you guys heard about either? No. The slightest. Yes. Okay. So. (laughs) All right. I'm going to be upfront for the Olga Shardmova case. I really couldn't find a lot of details aside from what her mother reported. So I don't have a lot of dates. I don't have any really any names other than Olga's. But it does tie in with my Anatoly story. So, Olga Shardmova, she was 10 years old and she insisted on walking to her grandmother's house one block away for the first time. She wanted to walk alone. She had told her parents, I'm 10 already, I can go by myself. So, her parents relented and finally Olga gears up, taking her favorite green bag and her blue umbrella with her. Unfortunately, Olga never made it out of the building. A drug addict had forced her to the top floor and robbed her of her earrings. Because Olga had tried to run away, the addict hit her in the head with a metal bar, killing her. Olga's remains were not found for five months. They found her body wedged behind pipes in the attic of the building that she lived in. Olga was buried October 2nd of 2002. Now, in early May of 2003, Olga's parents were painting a fence that they had put up around her grave. And this morning when I was looking at pictures, it looks just kind of like a picket fence. Um, that they just have around her grave. The following day, when they came back to finish painting the fence, they felt as though her grave had been disturbed. Like a wreath had been moved, like some things just didn't seem like they were in the right place. But they didn't think anything else of it, because, I mean, you're in a cemetery, anything can happen, people can go, blah, blah, blah. Soon after, her parents started getting letters addressed to Little Lady. All of the letters were signed D.A., for Dabri or for Angel. The letters would congratulate Olga on her milestones, such as starting a new school year, birthdays, holidays, that type of stuff. So really, really weird letters that the parents were getting. Amanda's face. How long ago after her death did this happen? Well, they she was originally buried in October of 2002, so it would have been about a year. Because they found her body five months after she was killed. I just got shivers again. Like, I shivered the first time you said it about the letters. Because the letters... Oh, my... Jesus, just go. Yeah. So, (laughs) they were getting these letters. Yeah. 
Noth became more violent and demanded that her parents erect a monument. And if they didn't, whoever was writing these notes was threatening to dig up Olga's body. Um, When Olga's parents were able to place a headstone, it was later defaced and destroyed with an axe. Now you guys might ask, who might do something like this? And this comes to the second part of my story, which we are going to talk about Anatoly Moskvin. Anatoly Moskvin was born in 1966 in Nizhny Novgorod, Russia. I think I said that right. I don't really know. Okay. Anatoly was described as a genius and an eccentric. He lived a secluded life. Anatoly's childhood was reportedly not the easiest. He was bullied in school and struggled to make friends. In the third grade, Anatoly had returned home from school with bruises from being raped by an unknown man. Awful. Terrible, right? Yeah. At this time, Anatoly began acting out and would lash out aggressively when asked about his behavior. It's unclear to me if he actually told his parents about the rape, so I'm not sure if they knew or if this was later found out in life. God love him. He was a really smart little boy. He was normally at the top of his at the top of his class in school. He loved books and he had actually reportedly taught himself multiple languages at a young age. So also from a young age, Anatoly and his parents would go for walks in graveyards. So kind of kind of a weird tradition, if you ask me. I don't know why you would walk around in a graveyard with your child, but whatever. I like it. It's kind of a vibe. Mm. It's kind of like remembering the dead in a way you know i mean i don't know i know that dias las muertas dias i know that dias las muertas the day of the dead yeah yeah in the mexican culture spanish culture is just honoring the dead so maybe they kind of tried to honor the dead what you just you were I just realized I forgot to tell you guys to you can now look at the goddamn pictures on the fucking drive. So oh, I didn't have permission, guys... I already was. So the first picture <laughs> of the little blonde girl, that is Olga. She is just a doll. Oh my god. She is so, so stinking cute. I freaking love her little face. And it breaks my heart what happened to her. The second picture that's labeled Anatoly, that's actually a picture of Anatoly. Okay. And then you guys are not allowed to go any further than that. Only those two pictures. Stay there. I was just going to say my first impression of Anatoly is that he kind of, in a way, looks like an angrier version of Robin Williams. Uh, right? I like that comparison. I can you guys will that. come to well, not like that comparison once we're done. Because Robin Williams is fucking amazing. I mean, and Anatoly. Yeah. Oh, we don't like Anatoly? We'll we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to it. All right. So when Anatoly was 12, he had a strange encounter. It's reported on March 4th, 1979. Anatoly was walking home when men in black suits stopped him. They took him to the funeral of 11-year-old Natasha Petrova. Natasha was stepping out of the bathtub, reached for a towel, but tragically grabbed a loose electrical wire instead. And so Natasha, they, they took him to Natasha's funeral. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. He was Why did they kid- take him to her funeral? Did he know her? No, we're getting into that right now. Okay. He was taken to her funeral and he was told to kiss the deceased Natasha. 
He did resist in his story, but in the end, he did kiss her, writing, I kissed her once, then again, then again, later on in life. So he wrote about this later on in life. This is at a, at, a, at a funeral? Yes. So he's With kiss, other kissing people? the corpse. Yeah, how it was described is like there were people chanting in a language he didn't understand in the background, and there was a whole ceremony, and he was just being told, kiss the girl. But not like Little Mermaid. It wasn't th- that type of vibe. It was kiss the girl, you know? So it was like hooded cloak kind of vibe. Mm, he could see their faces, though. It was still creepy. Culty. Yeah. Oh. So Natasha's mother put a ring on Natasha's finger and on Anatoly's finger once he kissed her. Anatoly was given a basket of fruit and instructed not to speak about the marriage for 40 days. She's dead. She's... (laughs) You married a dead child and all you got is a basket of fruit? Yes. How old was he? 12? 12. He was 12. You can't give him, like, a chocolate bar or something? What I'm kind of sketched out about is the fact that, I mean, what kind of custom is that? Where they would wed off their dead 11-year-old child to another alive 12-year-old child? Like that? I don't know. I don't know if it was a religious practice. First of all, I don't even know if this is a true story. This is Anatoly's reports. There's nothing to corroborate that this ever happened. Like, you know what I mean? I can't prove that this happened. This is just what Anatoly wrote about later on in life. And I also don't know because it's in Russia. I'm not really familiar with Russian customs. I'm not sure what religion is predominantly there. I don't, I don't know. I didn't dive into that research because I didn't want to. Okay. So... so- they gave him a basket of fruit and said, you can't talk about it for 40 days. Do you have to talk about it after that? Or can you just not tell? Anybody I, I guess he didn't have to tell anyone ever because he didn't talk about it until 2011. Nope, so this okay. happened in 79. And then as far as I can tell, he never talked about it until 2011. Where he wrote an article about it. He does refer to this as his strange marriage to Natasha Petrova, which I don't think anyone can blame him. However, this event did lead to his belief in the occult and his obsession with cemeteries and the dead. So definitely led to something there. Um, Now, keep in mind that, like I said, I can't corroborate any of this information. I've only got minimal resources on his childhood really nowhere had a lot of detail about his childhood, so I'm going with what I was able to find. He did go on to graduate from Moscow State University with a focus on Celtic history, folklore, and linguistics. He had a deep interest in cemeteries, burial rituals, death, the occult. He had an extensive doll collection had over 60,000 books and documents in his home, and he also spoke 13 different languages. So dude was very smart. He just That's had his quirks. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. 13 yeah. languages. As I said previously, he did live a, secu- a secluded life, and he chose to live with his parents, and he also chose to abstain from alcohol, drugs, and sex. He never married and seldom dated. The only record I could find of him dating is with a woman named... Yulia, who he met in 2003. 
Anatoly and Yulia entered into a non-sexual relationship so that they could both keep their virtue because they were both virgins, as far as I could tell. To be fair, he was already married, so Anatoly. He was married to Natasha. You're right. Yes, he was a faithful man. I'll give him that. I don't know much about him, but I know that. Shouldn't he have gotten a divorce, though? Like, through court? I don't know. Okay, he's... It's not even a legal marriage with Natasha Petrova. It's a, it's like a spiritual marriage. I don't know how that works. You can't divorce the spirit, I don't think. Couldn't you argue that you're a widower? Right? I mean, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't think he actually considered himself married. I truly just think he was like, well, that was a really weird marriage, whatever, and moved on. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. How, he, however, chose to keep his virginity from the articles I read, he was, like, disgusted by sex. Like, the thought of sex was not for him. He could be asexual. You never know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Anatoly did have a deep desire to become a parent. And he applied to adopt a little girl in 2003. But he was rejected due to his low income. Anatoly had worked as a lecturer at... Hold on, I gotta get to the page with the pronunciation. Nizhny Novgorod University, no, Linguistics, Linguistics University. So he speaks 13 languages. It makes sense that he's a lecturer there. He wrote books, papers, and translations. He also occasionally worked as a journalist. He was also a self-proclaimed necropolist and expert on cemeteries. What is necropolist? That's a great question. I forgot to write down the uh, definition. Necropolist. I just, I want to say it's just like an, a cemetery expert. I thought it was like something having to do with dead bodies or something. It says a cemetery, a necropolis is a cemetery. So yeah, it would be a cemetery expert. Oh, okay. Or an expert in well, the I dead. Was wrong. I, I mean, basically, they're the same damn thing. I just know a necropathy is when you like examine a deceased animal. Well, a necropolis is a cemetery. So they're basically, he's saying he's just an expert in cemeteries. Well, I'm not, so I'll trust him. Okay. Uh, I would trust him too. So he was really well known in academic circles. I mean, obviously he has a lot of knowledge and he's a very smart guy. He is very smart. In 2005, a fellow academic and publisher had commissioned Moskvin to summarize and list the dead in over 700 cemeteries. Between 2005 and 2007, he actually claimed to have gone to 752 cemeteries, walking up to 20 miles per day. He took detailed notes and delved into the history of those buried there. So like he knew who was buried there, how they died, their history, all of that. So he definitely... I mean, he claimed to know cemeteries better than anyone else, and I don't feel like I can really dispute that claim. During his travels, he claims to have drank from puddles, spent spent nights on haystacks, slept in cemeteries, on graves, and even going as far as sleeping in a coffin being prepared for a funeral. Why? I don't have an answer for that. I'd love to give it to you, though. Okay. That's a little odd. Uh-huh. but he's an expert so he's the expert so we don't yeah. question his methods yeah he got that way somehow 
somewhere, somehow, he made it this way. While the piece of work that he was working on with these, like the, to summarize and list the dead in these cemeteries, it is unpublished. However, the person that commissioned him says it's, it's a pretty remarkable piece with how much detail Anatoly went into. From 2006 to 2011, Moskvin worked as a freelance correspondent submitting articles two times a month to a local, local newspaper. In 2009, authorities found numerous graves had been being desecrated and dug up. Police reports show that authorities initially believed that this was an extremist organization. And so they kind of put all their eggs in that basket and said, this is an extremist organization. And they really had that belief that that's what it was. And that's the way that their investigation went. However, they couldn't find any leads or get any leads for two years. On November 2nd, 2011, police arrest a man that is defacing a Muslim grave. And this man is Anatoly Moskvin. He was found painting over pictures on Muslim graves, but not doing like all the surrounding graves that were not Muslim. He was not defacing. Nothing was happening to them. So he was targeting those Muslim graves. There is one report that in Moskvin's bag, they had found human remains. I only found that in one report. So I don't know how valid that is, but I like to believe that's what led them to go to his house. Eight officers search Moskvin's home and to their horror, they find 26 to 29 life-size dolls that contained human remains. What kind of human remains? Like was, for example, like an arm severed and it was like glued onto it? Like hair full products? Full bodies. Complete human people. Like there was a full body in that doll. Inside of the doll? It, it's a life-size doll. The, the body was the doll. Wait. I don't, is this, is this kind of like the, so like, I'm, I'm just trying to picture, is it like literally, oh, you don't have to picture, go ahead and go to that third picture in the drive. So uncomfortable. (laughs) No way. You can go to the one that's labeled doll and dolls. If you, so for our listeners, um, if you could see their faces, it's pretty priceless right now what i'm seeing is that there are just literally these life-sized dolls and a lot of them just kind of have fabric all over them and um i mean you can't see the bodies from yeah you see the remains he did cover them up which i have in my notes a little bit later on but he did actually cover all of the the dolls their hands their feet they had shoes on their hands were covered in fabric their faces were covered in fabric and he actually stuffed their bodies with rags to give them like that fluffier feel fuck i was gonna ask why they look so not empty He did put masks on some of them. On some of them, he did not. It was just the fabric covering their face. So most of the reports state that there were 26 bodies, but there were several reports that said 28 or 29. So I'm not clear on which one because I don't know which one is most accurate. But all of them were young girls between the ages of 3 and 12. I'm sorry. Did you find any reports on the smell of his home so let's remember he actually lives with his parents for one are they nose blind hold on 
neighbors uh, and his parents just kind of they knew that that smell came from the apartment but they just kind of said well it's an old building it's probably something in the basement or in the attic that's just stinking it up oh yeah there's some stinking uh-huh. it up I already. I like a decaying body, though, smells so much worse than something that you would smell in a, say, even 50-year-old apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all, I can honestly tell you, like, because we do sometimes, if if somebody dies and they have an animal, we get called out. And I can honestly tell you, there is, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. There is nothing in this world. That smells like that. Like humans and animals don't even sound the same. When, or sound. Oh my God. It's humans and no, animals don't even smell the, the same, same when they're decomposing. Yeah. There's. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. There is not yeah. enough amount of Vicks. The little Vicks sticks is what we use. The to vapor rub. Like clear to under your noses. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough for 26 to 28 bodies. There's not enough on this planet. Mm-hmm. How did he even fit all of those bodies in the room? Not all of them were in his room. I'll I'll tell you about where some of them were in just a minute. But Moskvin had actually been taking these bodies for almost ten years. So he had been he started his collection ten years ago. And if we do that math, if it is twenty six, he's taking two girls, two to three girls a year. How did he choose which ones to take? We'll get there. We'll get there. So before we get into that, though, he had actually mummified the girls with a simple solution of salt and baking soda. So I already told you he stuffed them with rags. And in some of the girls, he placed like personal items, such as a piece of their gravestone, um, a hospital tag with the girl's death date and cause of death, and a dried human heart was found in one. He also placed music boxes in their rib cage so they would make noise when he touched them. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're talking about literally in the rib cage of the girls and not just the dolls? Of the girl. The girl is the doll. I mean, that yeah. that girl, these yeah. are the dolls. I think the one in the top, so the one where it has the picture with Anatoly in it as well. I don't know why the top left picture is in there, but I just went with it because that looks just like a normal doll to me. Yeah, I was going to say it has a very small face and, I mean, it literally looks like the... An original doll. Yeah. So I don't know if that was actually one of the girls or not. It just looks like a doll to me. The rest so he's of them, literally, he's literally making these into doll these 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 children, these like cutting them dolls. open, stuffing them, putting a fucking music box in their. Uh huh. Yes. What so does he do he when t- the batteries die in the music box? I don't know. I have probably no idea. Put some music box in it, babe. Oh, he probably just okay. fixes that. I don't know. So police did find shoes which matched prints from the desecrated graves. So they were able to match Anatoly to these desecrated graves for the past two years. They also found photos and videos depicting the open graves and the bodies. Most of the girls were in their burial clothes and Moskvin ha- had covered their hands and feet in either shoes or in cloth and he covered their faces with that fabric or uh, masks because he thought that they were too ugly to be happy because of how decayed they were. He also placed buttons in their eyes um, or where their eyes belong so they could watch cartoons together. He cared for the girls as if they were living 
throwing them birthday parties and celebrating special occasions for all of them. He claimed that he only took the girls that wanted to be taken. So Amanda, I'm answering your question. He would lay on their graves to see if they would talk to him. That's how he chose his girls. I shouldn't say his girls. That's how he chose his victims. Noted. Um, He was not motivated by sex. He was more motivated by his drive to become a parent. He stated that the girls he grew to dislike would be moved to the garage and his favorites would be in the home with him and his parents. As I said, his parents claimed to have no knowledge of what was really going on. They just thought he had this weird hobby of collecting giant ass dolls. Ask your children questions. Like get to know them. Don't ever trust your children is what we're saying. No, never. No. Get involved in their hobbies for the love of God. If it is creating life-size dolls, probably you should check to see if there's a body in there. Moskvin did cooperate with authorities during the investigation. He told authorities that he made the dolls over the course of the 10 years. He knew the names and circumstances of their death, and among his victims was Olga, who we talked about at the very beginning. Is that the last photo? Yes, that last photo is the doll form of Olga. And she is just... It's awful. So Moskvin also told authorities that he knew he was committing a crime, but the children were calling out to him. So he knew what he was doing was wrong. He also told authorities or allegedly told authorities to not bury the girls too deep as he would just dig them up again. He told authorities he planned to bring them back through science or black magic because he had that deep belief in the occult. In court, Moskvin also said to the victim's families, you abandoned your girls, I brought them in and warmed them up. Moskvin was ordered to pay the victim's families $75,000. He was, uh, Moskvin was also later diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So on May 25th, 2012, he was deemed unfit to stand trial, which released him from all criminal liability. But if you're deemed unfit to stand trial, don't you go into an insane asylum? Yes. Moskvin was sent to a psychiatric hospital for treatment. As of 2019, all of his requests to extend treatment were approved. So he should still be there. The most recent article I read was written in 2021, which actually stated that he was still in the psychiatric treatment center. So he's being treated though, right? Because I know like... In the United States, when you go into psychiatric treatment, it's basically a coin flip over whether or not they're actually going to treat you. But he is like getting because the paranoid schizophrenia, that makes sense. If he's laying down and these girls are telling him like, mm-hmm. oh, take, take me home or whatever. But at least he is getting treated. However, $75,000 to the victim's family is not enough. I don't know if that's per victim or total. It's still not enough. It's it's not. that It's awful. And you got to think a lot of these people didn't even know their daughters weren't there, which included Olga's mother. They did not know that her daughter had been taken out of the grave. They had the feeling that someone had been there and they knew they were getting those letters, but they never knew that she wasn't there. So as I said, he was diagnosed with the paranoid schizophrenia. So he was sent to the psychiatric hospital. In 2018, the psychiatric hospital did make a motion to release him. And then they backpedaled. And they went, never mind, never mind. So I don't know if he made progress and then took like six steps back. I I don't know the details of that. And obviously, I'm not going to try to find that because 
that should be private for Anatoly Moskvin. That's his medical record. So mm-hmm. I've tried to look into that any further. As for his parents, his parents now live in isolation. And this is because so many people believe that there is just no way they did not know what was going on. They had to have known. However, his parents would be gone for long portions of time throughout the year. So I think it said from April to October, they were in a different house. They had two residences. So I can see how if he did it in April and October, they would not know. They truly would not know. However, I also, on the other hand, that smell and the fact that he had these life-size dolls, something had to be up. I feel like... It'd be a little odd to me, especially as a parent, to be gone from my house from, what is that, five months, April, May, June, July, August, six months, to be gone from my house for, for six months and come back and my son has two or three new life-size dolls, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's still odd to me that he like played with them and like he made, treated them like them his children treated them like children yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah I, it it I was confirmed not odd as a parent well that's how i feel is i feel like if i got home from my six months at my other house and i walked into that house and it stunk i'd be pissed as hell for one i'd be like what the mm-hmm. fuck is that smell and where the fuck is it coming from and then secondly why the fuck do you have goddamn life-size dolls in my house? We don't have space for this. Get rid. How old was he again? I'm sorry. When he got arrested, discovered, 26. No, he was more than 26. Oh. He was, uh, I didn't do the math. I want to say he's in his 50s now. I think he was in his 40s. 40. Okay. 2011. He was 45. Because to play devil's advocate, if you've lived with your parents for 45 years, you want children. I'm sure you were very vocal about that. And you, for whatever reason, cannot or do not have them. I can kind of see where it would, it could potentially eventually get normal that, okay, he really wants kids, but he doesn't have them. So he keeps bringing home these dolls. I can kind of see that. So I mentioned that adoption that he was denied for in 2003. Mm-hmm. His parents were actually against him adopting a child at that time. It didn't tell me details of why. It just said that his mother told him not to. Probably because he's a weirdo. He's also, yeah. he wasn't married. He wasn't married to a living woman, I should say. And he didn't make enough to support a child. So mm-hmm. I don't know how he anticipated to support a child. So knowing that, though, they could have been like, you know what, this is kind of weird, but it's better than you trying to provide for a child when you might not be able to. So they may have accepted it. And as it kept going, like, what, what, what do you say to somebody? Exactly. And so I can see both sides. I can see that his parents were like, just let him have his hobby. Just let him fucking have his Mm -hmm. goddamn hobby and move on with life. But also. mm, No. Mm. I mean, the just everything together, it that's almost like impossible that you don't have some sort of just is spectacality a word? Just some You didn't have an inkling that something was going on. Exactly. Yeah. That's just bizarre yeah. to me. Absolutely crazy. 
going back to a little bit more with Olga. So as I told you originally, Olga's grave, they originally thought it was disturbed in 2003. And it was confirmed that in May of 2003 is when Anatoly took her body. Right when they felt like something was off is when it was off. Because we, you briefly spoke about Olga in the beginning, I was going to just kind of tell the listeners just like what her doll kind of looks like in a way. Terrifying. I will say for our listeners, if anyone just Googles Anatoly Moskvin, that doll is typically the first doll to come up. She is, it looks like she doesn't have a mask on and her doll face is the, is the, what is the word? Wait, I thought she had a mask on. It looks to me like she doesn't. That kind of looks like a. um, It looks like a plaster mask, like it was formed mm -hmm. to her face almost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It looks like a plaster, like it looks like she has on a mask of some kind, but it is like there's an unsettling similarity to how much that doll actually looks like her. Well, mm-hmm. that's and what I was saying. It looks like the what is the word? It looks like a mold of her face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, exactly. And but it a, looks a like poor mold of her on, face. And there are there are holes for the eyes, but there are no eyes, is what I'm seeing. Well, and there's buttons right there. He has the oh, buttons yeah. there so she could watch cartoons um, with him. And it looks like she's wearing, I don't know exactly, it looks like she's wearing, like, her outfits that she went out to. The Most of the victims were in their burial outfits, yes. But even worse is for the ones that he changed their outfits... From what I could find is he actually found most of their outfits in the garbage. So he went to their house. Or, oh, I'm sorry. No, he dumpster dove. For Yeah, he dumpster dived. He was getting real into it. Mm. So, yeah, crazy. In October 2012, they do exhume Olga's grave and they find a hole in the top of her casket and no body there. Which... They knew at this point, or they should have known that she wasn't there as Anatoly was cooperating with the investigation and had told them the names of all of his victims. Olga's mother stated, we had her for 10 years and that monster had her for nine. And now her parents actually live across the street from the psychiatric hospital that Anatoly is being treated in. On purpose? I don't know if it's on purpose. Oh, God. Not just Olga, but like all of those victims. That is so sad. It's awful. Awful. And I couldn't find the names of any other victims. And I'm not sure if it's because they were all children or it's it's a Russia story. Like, yes, this is huge and it's known worldwide, but I just could not find any details on any other victims. I could not find any names. And I, like I said, I don't know if it's because of children and they're staying anonymous and that's completely fine if that's what they are doing. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like, with children, it's kind of like if the parents want it to be known, you know? I don't know. I guess with Olga, you said that the mother kind of, that's most of the information that you have is what the mother said. So that kind of makes sense that she's the only victim that yeah. you could find information on. Yeah. So she was Which the only one. All of the victims were minors. 
most of the victims' families were livid. They were like, how fucking dare you disturb? I would, and I would be too. Yeah. But I don't know the circumstances. That's, That's my dead child. Exactly. And I can't blame them. However, there was at least one parent that said, I can't be mad. He treated my daughter better than I did. And I don't know any details about that. All I got was that brief statement. Not upset. He treated my daughter better than I did. And they refused the payment. The $75,000 that he had to pay to him. He refused it. So it's really, it's just insane. Because he, I mean, he took these girls. And Olga's story really, really breaks my heart. Because she already had a tragic end. Like, they all had a tragic end. Mm -hmm. But she was brutally murdered by a drug addict that wanted her earrings. And I don't know how well off the family is. They lived in an apartment building at the time. So I don't know... If they were really nice, like, diamond earrings, or if they were, like, a 10-year-old's typical earrings that were fucking cheap from Claire's. Yeah. Yeah. So if he really wants her Claire earrings, let her fucking go. That's what I don't understand either. Like, you, you, okay, you got what you wanted. Why? But because she tried to run away. Well, do you fucking blame her? You're a crackhead that wants her. Okay, that's, you're a drug addict. Excuse me. I don't know if it's crack. I don't know what's in Russia. but. You're a drug addict that's trying to take, I'm assuming you're trying to take them directly out of her ears. What do you expect her to do? She just wanted to go to her grandma's. I know. She's just such a sweet little babe. And it's the first time she was allowed to walk alone to her grandmother's house. It's her poor parents. So terrible. And I just awful. It took me like two weeks to do this research because of that story. I was like, she couldn't even rest in peace. Because of this monster. And I'm sorry. I know he is sick, but he's also a monster. Like, you can be both. Yeah. I'm, like, torn between, like, like I feel sorry for him. But at the same time, I'm just, like, kind of utterly disgusted. It's hard. Because I get that he was sick. I get that he has mm-hmm. paranoid schizophrenia. And I will never understand what that's like. I, I won't. And so that's hard to say, oh, I understand. And it's hard to say he's awful. But he also acknowledged what he was doing was wrong. So he exactly. also knew. He, yeah, exactly. He knew. So schizophrenia is, if I'm correct, like hearing like voices in your head and stuff. And so if he... That's yeah. paranoid schizophrenia, which is what he has. Because there's yeah, a whole exactly. bunch of different types. Yeah, yeah. But I guess my thing is that if he was... I mean, he was extremely intelligent. He did know what he was doing was wrong, but it's almost like, well, if he acknowledged that, then it was literally just his illness taking over, you know? And I mean, what he did was monstrous, but he... it's a hard. It's 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 hard. It's hard, it's hard because you can't put a can't, label on it. Exactly. Yeah, what you he can't was say he's this. I can't say that he's a monster. You know. Right. His actions day, were that of a monster, and were they driven by mental Ill- illness or were they driven by something else? I'm assuming mental illness. And so it's hard to say that he's this terrible. His actions show that he did terrible, awful things. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things. Um, I still like to say that. Olga did not deserve that. She was just the cutest little girl. And she just she just let her rest in goddamn peace. And then what's worse is he tormented her parents with these letters. 
that's the other thing too that I'm like, okay, you know, you're you're doing something you think is is nice and necessary for these girls, but why are you harassing her family? I don't know. He already has her. Yeah. He already had her and he continued to harass the family. So he potentially could have done this to the other families too. It's like, bro, they've been through enough. Right. And I don't know the circumstances of any of these children's deaths, but a child's death is pretty tragic in and of itself. So I don't understand how that's okay in anyone's mind, you know? But again, I'll never understand what was going through his head. I will never understand his illness. And that that's terrible. And I want to understand and I feel for him. I feel that he is sick, but I also feel more like I, I feel more for the girls' families than I do for him. No, I, I second that. I third that. All right. Well, that is my story of Anatoly Moskvin and Olga Sharmova. I don't know if I said her last name right. I really hope I did. If not, someone can correct me and I'm sure someone will correct me. It will not be me. I don't speak Russian. I don't either. That is why I googled how to say Nizhny Nagrat and I still struggle. <laughs> Nizhny, hold on. Nizh, Nizhny, I got Nizhny Navgrat. That's where he's from. Nizhny Navgrat. Yeah, but it's spelled N I Z H Y N Navgrat is N A V G O R O D. I would never have said Navgarat. No, I'm sorry. My tiny American brain cannot put those letters together like that. I, yeah, <laughs> I was like, phonetically, this is not Navgarat. This is Navgorod. I probably would have said Navgorod. <laughs> this is why I Googled it and I listened to Google say it like six times. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. In my notes, I have to, like, put in parentheses, like, how to say things, like, break it down and be like, okay. Like, I had to do that with anonymity or however you say that word in my last <laughs> recording because <laughs> I hate Which, that word. For those of you that don't know, this is actually round three, <laughs> but we treated our other two rounds like um, practice. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at in life. But before I do my story, I do have to take another potty break. I apologize. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Go potty. Blame the damn child. <laughs> that was so unsettling. I'm sorry. But because, listen, it was because you didn't like dolls that I was like, I'm doing this story. Thank I appreciate you. <laughs> Heavy air I bunnies. Figured, I figured <laughs> air bunnies. <laughs> I figured you would really appreciate it because of how much you love dolls. That was just my, Yeah, my daughter's not having dolls. That's all there is to it. It's not, it's not so happening. First gift dolls? I'm sending her is a doll. Dolls and Halloween candy? I'm cutting it open before they before she gets it. Why Halloween? Oh, how never mind, I get it. Yeah. Okay, we're all back. Um What why Halloween? No, I don't get it. Because when they go trick-or-treating, they might put a razor blade in there because people are fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but because if it's I'm paranoid. Sealed, right? 
Huh? If it's sealed, then it's like... Doesn't matter. You can reseal, you can reseal that it. stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason we know this is a thing is because it's happened. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I trust you, but like <laughs> people are people, people suck. Are yes. Yeah. All okay. right. Now that so, we're back and everyone is free of urine at this point, Amanda, you're gonna kick it off, take it away. I'm very excited because I did a little throwback to my hometown. This is something that we are ridiculously proud of and we won't let die. And it's called the Crichton Leprechaun. Oh my gosh, I've heard about this. Okay. (laughs) Crichton is a suburban neighborhood and it's located in Mobile, Alabama. Most of the houses there are older and they're built between 1940 and 1969. But there's some ranging from 1970 to 1999. Hold on. My house is older than that. My house was built in 39. Okay, you don't have hurricanes that desecrate your area, so. Uh, Apparently, we have floods and fires and droughts (laughs) and whatever other bullshit we've got, so fuck off. (laughs) Anyway, so it's a very old area, typically. It's mainly made up of English-speaking residents, and they're employed in sales, manufacturing, and other professional occupations. And there's a surprising number of divorced citizens that live in Crichton, which I didn't know. However, despite all of that, Crichton is most known for a news story from March of 2006. Oh, it's, oh, that's, maybe I'm thinking a different story. (laughs) I swear I've heard this story. I didn't know it was that recent. I mean, if you want to call that recent, it feels, I grew up with it. It was in the 2000s, okay? The 2000s. Not like the 1900s. You know what I mean? Okay. Touche. I got you. All right. So there's a local news station and they originally sent out a crew to investigate crowds that they heard were gathering in the neighborhood. And honestly, I can't imagine what went through their minds when they started interviewing people and asking around. They eventually discovered people were claiming to have seen a leprechaun up in a tree. What if it was just like a cat dressed in a leprechaun outfit and the owner felt real bad for letting them out? Okay. You're You're close to something. Oh, okay. Kind of, sort of. NBC 15 News showed footage of people flocking to the scene with cameras and binoculars, and they're trying to catch a glimpse of this being. Some people were strictly in search of treasure that we all know tradition dictates can be found near leprechauns. At the end so of they the go rainbow. On. The treasure is at the end of the rainbow, damn it. They have pots of gold and shit. But that's okay. I grew up knowing that leprechauns had their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Okay. So the news story, the footage that they have, it is at night. And I'll go on to say that everybody says you can see it at night. So maybe that's why there was no rainbow mentioned because it's all dark. Mm. They go on the news story. It goes on and they're interviewing a couple different people. They didn't show the names of the people. I assume because it's just like they're catching people there on the streets. So they didn't show names. I was able to get the name of one or two people, but I tried. So that's why I can't, I don't have any names. I'm sorry. But they go on and they're interviewing people and most of them seem like really excited and really happy on (laughs) whether it be 
they were on the news and they were excited about that or they were excited because, oh, my God, there's a leprechaun up in this tree. Y'all like check it out because it's it's their 15 minutes of fame. Let them have it. Okay. (laughs) I feel like because they saw a leprechaun. leprechaun. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't. Most of them probably didn't even know what they saw. They were just saying it was there because that's what everyone else said. Yeah, it's like the mob mentality. Throughout the story, alcohol does get mentioned a lot. Oh, so even better, drunk mob mentality. What could be better? Is it was near not only St. Patrick's Day but Mardi Gras that this happened. Both of which are pretty big. Mardi Gras is just our excuse as mobile to drink so i've got so many comments but i'll keep them in for a minute i'll wait for a more appropriate time so eyewitnesses told the news station that the leprechaun only came out at night and it vanished when you would shine a light on it so if y'all will (laughs) look at that first photo that's the, the amateur sketch that an unknown person i tried to find who wrote who drew this and i couldn't but they drew that and presented it to the news story. That is the amateur sketch of the leprechaun. Okay, who the okay, Those of you listening, <laughs> this sketch literally looks like a 10-year-old made it. I um, think a 10-year-old it, did make it. <laughs> it is... So imagine a... I feel like a typical leprechaun hat is green, and it has, you know, it's... You're thinking of a top hat. This is like a bowler hat. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a bowler hat. And this is done all in pencil. Underneath the hat comes the straight down lines for a face. And they're not even even. The eyes are literally just very, very penciled in circles. The nose looks like it's an oval and there's no the mouth look like it was erased <laughs> yeah it literally looks like they went oh no they didn't have a nose never mind it's a fucking voldemort guys it is fucking voldemort with a goddamn bowler hat on so i did see in i think it was just one source that the person that wrote this claimed that it looks this way because they are used to drawing landscapes Oh, bullshit. (laughs) Fuck off. If you're used to drawing landscapes, then why didn't you use a ruler to make at least the lines of the face symmetrical? First of all, if you can fucking draw goddamn landscapes, you can at least do a halfway better job than this goddamn bullshit. I'm just... (laughs) I'm just reporting the story. I'm triggered. This is bullshit. (laughs) I don't like this sketch. This, This sketch was actually eventually auctioned off on eBay not long after it was drawn. And Hold on. How the fuck much did someone pay for this goddamn bullshit? I'm triggered right now. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I couldn't find a pronunciation. But Ty Mixis, M-I-K-S-I-S, of New York City, had the winning bid of $1,100. Fuck off. According to WPMI reporter Brian Johnson, the proceeds went to benefit the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life. Okay, I can get behind that. Okay. 
like that. I feel like in a way you're kind of donating to the cancer research and it's the the picture is kind of just like okay well whatever yeah I will say like if they would have kept this if they would have kept this sketch for a couple years there's absolutely no telling how much this would have sold for I guarantee you it would have sold more than $1,100 homie still have what was his name Tyler Mixis Ty Mixis he sounds like he should be like a dj you know he really does oh he does i like that mix this yeah (laughs) does he do we know if he still has the sketch no i couldn't find much on him well ty i hope it was money well fucking spent so uh brian johnson the reporter he later claimed that he saw what was sketched and quote certainly didn't believe it was a leprechaun I couldn't find out if he said that because he saw, like, based on this sketch or because he saw what was in the tree. All it said was he claimed he saw what was sketched and certainly didn't believe it was a leprechaun. Because it's not a goddamn leprechaun. So going back to the news report, there were a few other people who refused to believe all the hype about this leprechaun in the tree. One man explained his Wait, theory. Wait, those are the, the logical people. Those are the fucking people that are like, oh, excuse me, you saw a what based off of what sketch? Fuck off. I, re- I remember you said that. You called these people logical. So one man explained his theory that Hold the on. I, lep- I can re- with uh, <laughs> I can retract that statement at any time. Oh, no, I, I think it's going to be correct still. Oh, OK. OK, good, good. So one guy said that he thought the leprechaun was actually nothing more than a shadow being cast off of a limb in the tree. And there was another woman who appeared to be driving when she was stopped by reporters. And from her car, she explained that, and this whole thing is a quote because it's perfect. And I wanted to quote it exactly how she said it. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. And it told him to get up in the tree and play a leprechaun. I fucking love her. (laughs) It could just be a crackhead. No big deal. He just climbed up in the tree. No one wants to help him because he's now a leprechaun. I'm telling you, she might have be. She might be the most logical person on this news story. Does it say how big the leprechaun is? Because in my mind, leprechauns are like itty bitty. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Nobody gives specifics. So based off of what she said, is that mm-hmm. it, it must be human size, at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least crackhead sized, whatever that may be. I think it varies. A uh, uh, crack is head is this big and a meth head is this big. <laughs> Human is this. <laughs> <laughs> so after it cut from this lady in her vehicle, the story cut to a man by the name of DeMarco Morset, who was shown directing traffic and telling a passing car not to be afraid. Morset was dressed in camouflage and carried what he called a special leprechaun flute. He explained to the camera that the flute wards off spells and had been passed down generations, thousands of generations, from his great-great-grandfather, who was of Irish descent. Conversely, okay. (laughs) Conversely, to Morissette, the next man, who was, again, unnamed, he was shown on the screen, and he was hoping to strike it big. He told the reporter that he was there to run a backhoe under the tree because he wanted to know, quote, where the gold at? Where that gold at? Yes. I mean, I would want to know too. <laughs> it's Which a is crackhead of- in a tree. He doesn't have gold. 
that's one of Mobile's favorite things to say now. Like it's like around St. Patrick's Day, you'll just hear people chanting, I swear to you, where the gold at? Why the fuck aren't they asking where the crackhead is? He is their mascot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the video was uploaded to YouTube and it very quickly went viral. It's still argued to be one of the most beloved news stories ever reported. It received attention from multiple sources, including Howard Stern, The New York Times, South Park, and The Daily Show, just to name a couple. And in 2011, Daniel Tosh of Tosh.0 referred to the clip as the gone with the wind of internet videos. So Tosh actually traveled to Mobile, Alabama, where he caught up with Demarcus Morissette, and the pair talked lightheartedly about the now infamous video, and Morissette admitted to being assing around when he, he admitted to be what assing around those what are his the fuck exact does words that mean assing around just like joking around oh i say fucking around i'm not assing around well he said assing around well he's a weirdo it's slang girl get with it have... come on i'm too old for slang thank you so when tosh Plus, i'm in you him... U- oh wait time out i'm in utah our slang is so fucking different than fucking arkansas go hogs alabama. alabama i'm sorry alabama alabama Do you not understand okay. that our slang <laughs> is like lds slang and i don't fucking understand any of it okay i can i can see you out of eye with that okay, well on. he was assing around and i was just assing around <laughs> no big deal when tosh asked him about the flute Morissette admitted that it didn't even play music. The story was he had been drinking with some friends when an older woman saw the leprechaun in the tree and pointed it out to him. They saw the creature as well. And thanks to word of mouth, it soon just spread like wildfire. They're just fucking drunk assholes (laughs) that are assing around. So in 2014, again, this story originally ran in 2006. In 2014, the Bob and Dan show, which is a radio show broadcasted on KTCK 1310, the ticket in Dallas, Texas. So they decided that they were going to investigate this story. They were interviewing residents about their memories of this famous leprechaun. And a couple different people started telling them that it was a local man who went by the name. And I'm sorry, this is this is what he was known as. So I'm just going to report it as it was said. They started telling the radio station that it was a local man who went by the name Midget Sean. He was introduced and is known around the town as Midget Sean. He's a dwarf and he met with the radio station. He claimed to be drinking with friends that night and they hatched a plan to mess with the neighborhood. So Midget Sean dressed up as a leprechaun and used a ladder to climb up in the tree. And he waited there while his friends started telling people you know, hey, there's a leprechaun up in this tree. So Fucking drunk assholes, I'm telling you. <laughs> he claimed that they had that he had climbed down before the news showed up, but after they left, he climbed back up. And he's yeah. like, I don't want this televised, but I'm gonna keep fucking with people. <laughs> yes. I couldn't I couldn't find if he like climbed down on purpose because he knew the news was coming. Or what? But after they left, he did say, I climbed back up there. He also needed a potty break. (laughs) Oh, you know what? That's actually probably it. 
Yeah. I'm sure he did after drinking. His buzz was wearing off, so he needed another drink. <laughs> Just like he had the tree. Got it. Well, if it's tap, how the fuck are they going to throw that up? They're just going <laughs> to splash that all over him. That's not fair. So a lot of people argued, though, that Sean can't actually prove that it was him in the tree. And he was just claiming that they did this for the fame and attention that comes with the story. I it know. Really it really is. Eight years after, they're still <laughs> reporting on it. So in 2015... Another story was published trying to get to the bottom of these sightings. And this time it was published by Alabama.com or AL.com. So a reporter spoke with a local man named Sean Thomas, and he maintains that this entire story is real. He said that he was the one who originally discovered the leprechaun. And he told Alabama.com that he wasn't drinking and he doesn't do drugs. And if you look to this Next picture, this is Shun Thomas, and this is a painting that he painted of the leprechaun in the tree. I know the quality's bad. I'm sorry, but that's the only photo that I could find. Um, quick, quick question, teacher. Where the fuck is the leprechaun's body? This is all he claims that they saw. A face, a floating head. Yes. Okay. Okay, how do For they know it's a leprechaun? Listeners. Sorry, Bree, go on. You're, you're fine. I was just going to describe the image real fast. <laughs> um, for our listeners, this painting, it's a, it's a pretty big painting, and it looks like he's covering the other kind of tree branch. But He does look like he painted, he's a very tall man as well. Yeah. He painted the night sky blue, and the tree is... If you can imagine, you can't see the bottom of the tree, but you can only see the trunk and a branch, a very thick branch going up and to the right of and the And we take a quick time out because I just love, Brie, how much you're talking with your hands to describe this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I have to, I don't know. It, it's a Texas thing. Everything in Texas is bigger. <laughs> you're good. I just love that you're describing this picture, but you're using your hands so much. Um, don't be, no, keep going. Keep doing what you were doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, the leprechaun's face is, so for this one, you also cannot see the top of the leprechaun's head. However, you can see the bull hat. Um, the hat is black. It looks like he has gray hair and his face is very, very long. So it kind of goes from the bowl hat all the way down. And then he has a very defined chin. It looks like he's, yeah, it looks like he's grinning and he's got a thick mustache on him. But I can't really see any more details because it is a little blurry. And we'll we'll see about being able to post these pictures on Instagram. We just need to look into copyright laws and see if we can find anything that we can post. So all of these pictures, we'll see what we can do to post up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So one night, Mr. Thomas was with his friends and family and he decided to have a beer. He stated he was halfway through his first beer. Wait, didn't he and say he didn't drink? He did, yes. He, he literally, in the same breath, just said, I don't fucking drink. And then, oh, I went out to drink with my family. <laughs> he said that he had, like, one beer. 
So it's yes. like, I feel Alcohol like is alcohol. Every, a lot of people drink, you know, but it's like, I don't drink as in like, I don't drink every single weekend or yeah, like, like regularly. Weekend. Yeah, regularly. I just kind of drink like with friends, you know, it, you're a social drinker, which I totally get because I'm a social drinker. Normally, some days I drink alone. Depends on my mood. <laughs> but I mean, drinking is drinking. I'm sorry. One way or another, alcohol is alcohol. As I said, there's a lot of alcohol involved in this story. He's a very big <laughs> guy from the picture. He looks at least six foot, maybe even like six five. And so half mm. a beer really, I mean, that's not going to do anything to him, you know. Anyways, keep going with your story. So he said he was halfway through his first beer and he was just looking up at the stars kind of like through the trees. And that's when he saw it. He said the mouth and the nose appeared first, followed by the rest of the face. He said that he did several double takes before mentioning it to his brother, cousin and his friend. And all three of these people also claim to have seen the creature. Wait, so he's saying that its mouth and its nose just, like, started appearing before his eyes first? Yes. How fucking creepy. It is kind of creepy. Like, all you see is a floating mouth. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. How did you say that? Cheshire? Is that it? I thought it was Cheshire. Cheshire. I mean, it's C-H, but... I don't know if it's Cheshire or Cheshire. You you could Cheshire. be right. I but yeah, that, yeah. That cat who like literally his mouth appears first in the tree and then the rest of his body. That's what oh. I thought of when he explained it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. I see. Okay. So he said that he continued to see this image in that tree every night for roughly a week before the news reported on it. Oh. He went on to say that he was basically frustrated about the way that the news portrayed the incident. He claimed the situation, <clears throat> excuse me, became a joke when it wasn't at all. He was disappointed with the way the media put the wrong impression on the story with the comical and jovial way that they had reported on the topic. How does he want them to report on it? You're talking Seriously. about a leprechaun. Yeah, but he saw it. You're talking he maintained about that a it was leprechaun. Real. Like, I think no matter if it was real, like, if you captured this leprechaun and you had proof, I think it would still be reported in a jovial way. Okay, but can we just talk for a second about how you said that he had seen it, like, literally every single night for a week before the news reported on it? And what was his name? Midget Sam? Uh, Sean. Midget Midget Sean. Sean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how he went up into the tree and then the next couple of hours there was the news like that that's honestly strikes me as a little bit odd because it's it's almost as if like one of his friends had this idea like they almost thought that they saw like a a like face of a leprechaun in the tree and then they just kind of sparked this idea so i i don't know see i could not find any connection between midget sean and sean thomas I did look for that, but they don't. They the stories don't collaborate. I no, not from what I could find. Okay, Bree, from how you explained your theory is, I, it doesn't necessarily sound like they collaborate. It sounds like what you're saying is one of Sean's friend friends was like, oh, 
I saw that like it basically like this image in the tree they saw it and they were so drunk they just kind of yeah it's almost like an image that you see but like you don't want to tell your guy friends oh like I just saw this leprechaun in the tree essentially tell your friend to go up so that it's actually true and so that you can actually like I don't know it could be like a confidence thing too you know like Like what you're saying is they saw it and maybe they didn't actually acknowledge what they saw because maybe they didn't understand what they saw or didn't even like they could have saw, seen it out of the side of their eye. And our brains are fucking crazy with the things that they do yeah. to make us comprehend what's going on around us. That maybe that someone saw it and whoever suggested, oh, he should get in the tree doesn't even know what he saw is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And from the amateur sketch as well, the one that we had previously seen, it was only their face too. It wasn't mm-hmm. the full body. So hey, but know. how do you know it's a leprechaun then? Maybe it's a fucking ghost. I mean, to be honest, when I imagine a leprechaun, I imagine them to have a green hat. The mm-hmm. picture that Sean Thomas painted has a black bull hat. And that's not how I imagine a leprechaun hat. So I agree. It it may not even be it may not be a leprechaun. However, that could be what a lot of the people saw that night that the news reported on it, and therefore everyone kind of thought of it as a leprechaun and not just you know the face of a ghost. Hey, but if it was dark, I will say it. I mean, you can't see color in the dark. You know what I mean? If there was no light being cast onto it, I can see how. Maybe that hat did look black, but it was truly green, which if it was a leprechaun, it better be a fucking green hat. Okay. Those are the rules of the goddamn universe. So green hat, leprechaun, done. But regardless, why the hell are we just seeing a face? Maybe it's just a damn ghost that likes to haunt that tree. Please keep going with your story. We're curious. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. Well, honestly, honestly, that's it. That's uh, regardless of whether or not people believe in the Crichton Leprechaun, the video remains a favorite to most Mobilians and people that just like heard of this story and just want a good laugh. It always finds its way back around to the city, especially around St. Patrick's Day. And the infamous amateur sketch has been thrown around and made into pillows uh bakeries when i was still a cake decorator i actually put this image on cakes and cookie cakes and we could not keep them stocked people bought the absolute hell out of them they the town puts this image anywhere it can i actually have a friend that is in a Mardi Gras organization and they you know he's on the floats he throws stuff and he brought me one of these one year because he bought that's what you brought in to throw in the parade so you can see this is the Crichton leprechaun and wait did they add little little like whiskers on the bottom of his face yes i don't remember that in the picture i assume they had to change it a little bit so they're not just like completely copywriting it for those of y'all listening she's holding up a pillow and it's essentially the amateur sketch, just a little bit less fucked up. Amateur. <laughs> the- we can also take a picture of this and post that on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Because that won't have any copyright issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really love it. that they uh, put little whiskers on his chin. 
<laughs> just little whiskers, just little wispies. That's just like one of my favorite souvenirs from home. <laughs> I'm so glad you have it. <laughs> and that is the Crichton Leprechaun that Mobile and some of the world is obsessed with. Okay. Theory. Okay. It was a cat dressed up as a leprechaun. That's it. That's a problem. <laughs> Case solved. Their owner found them later on that night and went, here, here, pumpkin, come inside. <laughs> how could, how could Sean Thomas have seen it though? A week before. Mm-hmm. Losing it every, every night. night. Every single night. Okay. A week before. Maybe it jumped out of the window every single night. I don't know. And the painting that he painted is a clear image of a gray-haired man with okay. a hat in a tree. Fine. I retract my statement. Theory is, is that it's a crackhead in a tree. <laughs> with just a face? He's got a real big face. I don't know. Maybe his body is hiding behind the other branches. There are no other branches. We don't know that. We can't, we can't see him in the drawing. It's a drawing, though. In the painting. We can't see so him in the painting. That's a, a person's perspective. I don't actually know what the tree looks like. I don't know how big it is. I tried to find a picture of the tree, and apparently it has since been cut down. Well, that's kind of rude. If it was really a leprechaun, that leprechaun now has no home. Were they looking for gold when they cut it down? I couldn't find it. It just said that the tree's been cut down. It's not there anymore. But you I did look for that. For I wanted to know. <laughs> the state. Took it down, mobile. <laughs> they done took it down. That has me triggered. Because it's I a crackhead it in a tree. I thought it would. <laughs> you just love getting me triggered. I fucking know. You this is payback for all those ugh, dolls. They were not dolls. They were young women that did not deserve that treatment. Thank you. <sighs> Fuck off. Well, for anyone wondering. For oh, I was going to say for anyone wondering. Fuck is my favorite word. Favorite. <laughs> It can be used in all sorts of situations. It can be used when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're angry, everything. Or what Literally. you can use it for. Everything. Literally. I really hope my parents never listen to this because I will get slapped. <laughs> hey, we have a <laughs> warning at the beginning. Yes. That's I don't know I if it would be PG-13 with all the words. but Profanity, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm good. We said we consider it PG-13. We didn't say it was officially... Yeah, true. Agreed. Okay, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hell on Heels Podcast. We are so excited to present to you this first episode, and we can't wait for you to hear it. Thank you for listening, and hope y'all have a great rest of your week. We will be posting every Sunday, unless mm -hmm. I break something and don't know how to post it, but that's going to be its own story. Goal is every Sunday. Thank you to my very special thank you to my wonderful multi-talented husband for our awesome intro music. I love it. James. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. You guys can email us at hillonheelspodcast at gmail.com for any comments or true crime or personal stories, paranormal true crime. Or if you want to give us storage suggestions, which we will not complain about. Um, we'll take those. Again, that is hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we do also have a Patreon, which is Hell on Heels Podcast. if you want to contribute. Um, if not, I don't think any of us are super concerned. But also, we are concerned. So, go in, contribute to our Patreon. We appreciate then, you listening. 
and see y'all next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, y'all. Adios.